The first reading for today will be Psalm 32. It's on page 560 on your pew Bibles. Psalm 32. Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord does not count against him, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave me. You forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach you. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Please stand for the gospel. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We remain standing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
I wonder how you would have reacted had you been there when Zacchaeus was called down from that tree by Jesus. I wonder how I would have reacted had I been there on that day. This is one of the most vivid stories told in the Gospels and a favourite of Sunday schools and children's groups for many, many years. And you can see why. Like short Zacchaeus, children often find themselves at the back of the crowd, struggling to see through the forest of adult legs ahead of them. But it isn't just children who easily identify with Zacchaeus. Many of us often feel embarrassed at times to be close to Jesus. Embarrassed and afraid of the things he might ask us to do if we draw close to him. This story of Zacchaeus is only found in Luke's gospel and it is a story that picks up on three of the most common threads that Luke weaves together in his book. The problems of wealth, Jesus' repeated association with sinners and faith, faith that recognizes Jesus as Lord and the new life that he brings and offers. And so Luke uses this story wisely and sagely to offer a glimpse of all three themes in ten short verses. Perhaps even Luke is trying to make the point that if even Zacchaeus can recognize who Jesus is and the new life that he brings, well maybe the rest of the crowd should have figured it out as well. After all, Zacchaeus would have been loathed in Jericho, and we must not forget that. No one would have liked him. Hearing his name alone would have caused great distress. A visit to your house from him would have been deeply concerning. He wasn't just a tax collector, but the chief tax collector. The worst of the worst, it is likely that Zacchaeus not only took advantage of the helpless public, but also of his fellow tax collectors. This was someone who we can assume had an insatiable power, insatiable desire for greed, for power, for money. That theme of the challenges of wealth is one that Luke picks up on again and again. Money, of course, is not in essence a bad thing. But as soon as the accumulation of wealth becomes the goal, then all too often honesty, respect and dignity go out the window. Money has power and with money comes power, sadly all too often at the cost of others. And so we can imagine the anger among the community of Jericho as Zacchaeus' house gets bigger and bigger, more and more ornate while those around find themselves poorer and poorer. This story reminds us that despite the 2,000-year time difference, the picture painted is one we are all too familiar with. It resonates with us even today. It's therefore no surprise that we read that the rest of the town grumbled when Jesus called Zacchaeus down from that tree. I suspect it might have been slightly more than a grumble. They could not have imagined what Jesus would want with this man. Why would he want to talk with him? What did he want to do with Zacchaeus? 
This man, after all, had robbed from those around him and was stuck up in a tree, desperate to get a glimpse, but separated from the rest of the community. And not only does Jesus want to talk to him, he then wants to stay with him. In a culture where hospitality carries huge significance, Jesus' request to stay with Zacchaeus was completely against the run of the mill. But Zacchaeus has something to say. He's not a silent character in this story. This Zacchaeus is a different man. His response is a response of repentance, not just a change of heart and a promise to do better, but one backed up with action. Unlike most other accounts in the Gospels, once he has climbed down from the tree, it isn't Jesus that speaks first, but it is Zacchaeus. And to the disbelief of those present, but perhaps not to Jesus, Zacchaeus explains he's already given half his property away, and to those that he's defrauded, he's offered to pay back fourfold. We see here that not only was Zacchaeus clearly fairly extravagantly well off, but that having repented, he actually would have been significantly damaged financially by his new pledge. He takes the hit in his repentance. But wealth no longer matters to Zacchaeus. He has found something greater, something of infinitely more value, something that has turned his muddy-hoarding villain life, status, personality, something that has turned that into a compassionate hero. Salvation has come to this house, Jesus says, because Zacchaeus is a son of Abraham. We mustn't forget how startling those words would have been to those who gathered, to those who heard them. A son of Abraham. Salvation has come to his house. Jesus talking about his own place in Jesus' residence, but also salvation in response to repentance. And interestingly, Zacchaeus doesn't then take the opportunity to join those following Jesus to Jerusalem, thereby escaping the challenge of having to rebuild relationships with those around him in Jericho. Rather than taking the easy way out, he stays rooted where he is, a changed man, a repentant man, a man who has encountered Jesus and recognized that what he offers is greater than anything of this world. There's much we can take from this little story. Those themes from Luke's gospel remind us that perhaps we struggle with the desire for wealth. That accumulation of wealth is still one of the temptations of this world. It is what much of our culture is built around. Jesus never said money was the root of all evil, but he did warn that the love of money was dangerous. The story of Zacchaeus reminds us that how we use our money and our wealth matters deeply. It is part of our spirituality. It also reminds us that the love and the hope offered by a life lived with Jesus goes far beyond anything money could ever buy. Or perhaps from the other side of the coin, this passage challenges us to think about how we view and judge other people. 
This story challenges me on that. It challenges me as to how I would have reacted when I saw Jesus calling Zacchaeus down from the tree. That immediately dismissive, grumbling crowd reminds me a little too much of myself sometimes. And so I find myself considering what would it look like to love and not judge, to be able to see God through all those who I encounter, to see all I meet, whatever their status, whatever their position, to see them all as windows through which I can see and catch a glimpse of the divine. However we respond to the story of Zacchaeus, may this little narrative from Luke's gospel remind us above all of God's great love for each of us, that he calls to each of us by name. And may that encourage all of us as we live for him and inspire us to live as the redeemed people of God. That is a weighty challenge, a weighty calling, and so may God give us the grace so to do. Amen.